The following program is produced by the Tech Talk Radio Network. Hey, Bill Nye, the science guy here. Whenever I am listening to the radio, especially Tech Talk Radio, it's just such a party. Welcome to another episode of Tech Talk Radio. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeird. I'm Broadway. And I'm Justin. We are the show that talks about computers. Technology. (laughs) The Come on, you can get through it, Broadway. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. The internet and sometimes other things like blockchain or video games or whatever else is on our mind. Or nice getaways to Hawaii, which oh. um welcome back. You went to Hawaii. That's what threw to- me off. Yeah. <laughs> I went to Maui, yeah. Yeah. How was it, the how was the trip? Uh it was a good trip. Uh had a lot of fun. Um except for the last day. We uh, we ended up getting stranded in Vegas. On our way back, so we flew from 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 Denver to San Jose, San Jose to Maui, and then Maui to Las Vegas, Las Vegas to Denver. But on the way back, we got to Las Vegas, and the we were flying Southwest. They delayed our plane, delayed it again, and then they just finally canceled it. Around I want to say it's around like eight thirty or so, they canceled it. They said that they were going to have another eleven forty five flight, uh, but with Eric, you know, I'm like I'm not going to keep him up that late. We're in an airport. We're you know we're we're dirty. We're tired. I said, no, we'll just we'll just rebook it. So we ended up staying at the Luxor for a oh, night. Oh, nice. Yeah. Which actually wasn't bad for a Friday night. And I know I, I get it. I know Luxor is one of the aging properties on the strip now. And it's definitely showing its age. Is it really? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's Watch your mouth. Show- <laughs> what? It is. He likes the Luxor. <laughs> no, I'd love it too. I really do love the Luxor. No, it's just That's probably one of my old. favorite. <laughs> well, I know it's one of my favorite places. And trust me, I went there when it was brand new too. So yeah, to see it, I'm like Dang, but it was only 150 bucks for a room, so that's not too bad. I mean, considering Vegas on a Friday night, yeah, on a Friday night, yeah. So we got Eric into bed. Uh, I went down and promptly lost about a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, no, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. I contributed to the uh, Vegas fund, uh, <laughs> for about a hundred dollars in about 15 minutes, and uh, yeah, and that's another thing, too. You can't, you can't find any blackjack for like five or ten dollars anymore. Everything's fifteen dollars and up. Are you kidding me? Well, I asked him. I asked him. I asked him, you know one of the pit bosses. I'm like, can I find a five dollar or ten dollar game? And they literally laughed at me, and they're like, dude, it's a Friday night. I'm like, okay, wow. yeah. So again, where can I find a ten dollar? And they're like, maybe somewhere off the strip. And I'm like, okay, so you're telling me that everything on the strip right now is like fifteen and up? He's like, yeah, fifteen's the lowest. Oh my gosh, I used to go and play the two dollar blackjack tables. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's not going to happen. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. You know, 100 bucks later, I was just like, you know, cool. I've been to Vegas so many times. Not a big deal anymore. I went upstairs, went to bed. But we got back the next day. From Maui to Vegas, we had one of those situations that you normally would see on, like, Live Leak, you know, where the passengers being unruly. And that happened to be the lady sitting right behind my wife. Whoa. Like, yeah. what was going on? Well, I mean, she put her tray table down and uh, right away put her tray table down and then proceeded to put all of her weight and she, 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 she was a, a big a big portly girl. would that be the word portly portly, yeah. portly. Yeah, big girl big yeah. girl put all of her weight on the tray table to put her head down which knocked Mises seat back and so she's like oh wow okay well let me recline my seat a little bit to give the lady a little bit more room and easy access and when she did that the lady shoved the seat back into her you know so knocked Misa forward spilling her drink and she's like what the heck and so I got up and told the flight attendant about it Flight attendant comes over and starts talking to the lady. And she's like, I don't have a problem. And she starts screaming and stuff. And Oh, man. And Mises and, and Eric is just sitting there between the two of us. And we're just like, okay, whatever. And then, uh, 
you know, the flight attendant goes to turn around and leave, and the lady just punches Misa's seat and knocks her forward again. And so Misa shouts out. So then I stand up. I start yelling at the lady. Oh, my God. I thought you would witness something. I didn't know you were in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. People had their, I look around. People had their cell phones on. I'm like, yeah, come on. Yeah, put them away. Put them away. You know, it's like. Whatever, but the lady ended up just calming down and just, you know, was quiet the rest of the flight. But I was just like, wow. Never thought I would be on the on the end of yeah. one of those. Can you, you know? imagine being on the plane where that they duct tape the passenger into the chair? Oh yes, I heard about that. Have you guys seen the the viral video of the comic? There is a there's a comic that did the story about what happened. Oh, okay. And he, he's, his attitude in telling the story is absolutely hilarious. Okay. Um, which is one of those viral videos that went on this past week after after all of that happened. But, yeah, no, pretty wow. pretty bad stuff. I haven't seen that part. I've seen the video of the guy actually getting a, you know, duct tape to the seat. But yeah, that's I, out I there, too. I haven't seen the comedy thing about that. No, the comedy commentary, if you, you will. You know, it's so funny because the world is so small now with all of this. All of these these viral videos now. I mean, it's... It, you can't do anything without a video of it being captured because we all have our smartphones. Yep. You think about it 15 years ago, it wasn't as common, you know, but now, and now there are, you know, organizations that will pay for that footage. So they have the rights to put it online, make some money with ads. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, there, there's so many platforms now that feature that. I, I, I don't know. I think I find most of the viral videos on Twitter, but I do know, you know, Reddit's got them, uh, you know, Snapchat has got them. Uh, probably, probably the other, the big one is TikTok. TikTok has got them as well. So it's been. Yeah, I actually, I really like the TikTok. I don't know, uh, John or Sean, do you guys use TikTok at all? Nope. I had it for a period of time and I didn't care. F I mean, the videos were entertaining, but the more I used it, the more I realized I just kept getting more and more things that. Uh, were not appealing to me. I started getting, well, not that women aren't appealing to me, right? But I started getting a lot more <laughs> inappropriate TikToks. Yeah. I started getting things that I started not caring about. I started getting more political things. Mm. And I, I started getting just things that I just found distasteful. Huh. So I got rid of TikTok. Huh. But yeah. it, it was very interesting that Caitlin's TikTok stream and my stream were completely different. Well, yeah, 100% because they, they tailor based on what you're looking at. Yeah, so I don't know. I didn't care for it. Then you had the whole issue with it. You can reset Chinese. your TikTok account, too. Can you really? Uh, like, I mean, so I, your feed? Yeah, I, you can reset the feed. Oh, I, just oh, I joined it. TikTok because of that. Everything that he's complaining about, I joined TikTok for all that. So <laughs> That's because that's you're that's weird, more, more content for you to adjust. <laughs> I, I, this was also part of when I got rid of a bunch of my other social medias, too, right? So... It kind of just went into that bucket of things that I got rid of. So, uh, I, I will I will tell you something. Um, and, and for those listeners that don't know, Sean did this a while ago. You got rid of Facebook. You got rid of most social media, right? Yeah. I mean, so I, I I got rid of almost everything, right? Except I, for Reddit. I can't, say, right? I can't say that I completely got rid of Facebook because I use it too much to communicate with family. That I just disabled it, which still <laughs> allows me to have access to Messenger. Right. Oh, okay. All right. So having access to Messenger was too important for me because of family, work contacts, friends, things like that. That was too much of a communication tool to not completely disable, to get rid of it. But Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. Oh, even LinkedIn, uh, really? Yeah, even my LinkedIn. Yeah. You got you got Reddit, though. 
I do have Reddit, which I like that we've talked about Reddit in the past. Um, it's more tailored for my interests. Still social media. For, I know it's still social media. Uh, that's why I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm saying I haven't gotten rid of everything social media related. And I don't want anybody to think that I'm completely off the internet because that's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. In today's age. Yeah. But I still needed a place where I could get news, some entertainment, and I still like to find funny things on the internet, right? Everybody likes that. Yeah. yeah. Funny cat videos. Other, the other platforms, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shout out to the app that I use for Reddit, Apollo, on, the, on iOS, doesn't serve you ads. But Reddit does built in. But, but Reddit does built in. So I find that doing Reddit on my phone with the Apollo app is much more beneficial to me because it doesn't track me. It doesn't use my information. It doesn't give me ads. That and all you that know of. That I know of. Right? <laughs> I'm just being cynical here. I will say that getting rid of a couple of the other ones definitely still cut down my, my device time, my computer time, and I was able to get projects done, and I'm in a better place mentally, and I know that. So at last a couple of weeks ago, I want to say it was a couple of weeks ago. Snapchat did, had a had a crash, and oh really? It was a crash that took about uh, I want to say about five, maybe six hours. Hmm. And so when they finally got Snapchat back up and running again, uh, they said that you know it's back up, but some may still be having an issue. If that's the case, manually download the app. So I looked at it and I thought, just get rid of it. So I mm. removed the app. Now, mm -hmm. I still have the account. It's still there. It's in the cloud, but I'm, it's not tied to my device. Let me tell you, that night and that next day, I didn't re-download it. I went a whole day. My phone was still working without charging. Um, I just felt like I wasn't checking my phone every 30 minutes to see, mm -hmm. did I get a snap? Did somebody send me a message? Or, you know, did, did I post something? Did, it, did I get any views? It it does change your overall uh, well. I want to say well being when you when you step away from the social media for a little bit. It really does help, and I'm sure there's psychologists out there that will say that sometimes you've got to do that. And you know, it's like sometimes you step outside and you just breathe in the air. It mm -hmm. had that that same kind of feeling that next day. Now a couple of days later, I went ahead and re-downloaded the app and everything else, but <laughs> I was fine. It was like. And, and I and I found that I'm not checking it as much because sometimes we just got to learn to just step away from it. I've already kind of taken that step back from Facebook. Still on there. We have our accounts on Facebook. We still utilize it. I'll still look once in a while, but I'm not on it like I was because it has become just um, it just becomes so volatile. Uh, yeah. Facebook has with you know comments. You got political. You got the COVID different COVID uh, ideas that are, are floating around out there. And it just, it just feels like when you step back, it just feels so much better. Uh, I agree. And I think, uh, you know, Sean is a testament to that. I mean, he's, you know, you've said in the past, Sean, that you've actually felt better not being on social media. Well, yeah. So it's a, the, 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 the big, the big takeaway that I have from it is everything that I was doing, I, you got to remember, I was in the media industry, and so were you, Justin. Mm -hmm. We were in the news industry when Facebook kind of took over and everything went to Facebook. Mm -hmm. Everything was live on Facebook, live on Facebook, share, 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 everything. So you were compelled to everything you did, you shared. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, look at this great photo I took. Yeah, do you ever look? You ever look back in your feed and see what you posted, like back in two thousand eight, two thousand nine? Yeah. Well, where I, you say, I why was I posting all, I, that? I downloaded all of the data they have on, and I downloaded all the images, everything, so I can go back and any time look and see what I uploaded to my Facebook in October of two thousand seven. I posted yeah. the most stupidest stuff, like I'm eating a jelly donut. Like what? Right, but like who cares? Yeah, I got to the point where I felt that I wasn't creating content for myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was creating creating content and sharing it to other people and not enjoying it myself. Yeah, yep. I would go out and take photos over, you know, and then immediately come through and just crash edit and and get stuff out just so other people could see them and they didn't enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I get it. Now that when I when I'm not on a a mental block of I need to get this uploaded right now so people can see it. I'm enjoying my art. I'm enjoying my photos. I'm enjoying the process because I enjoy it. Right. Yeah. I, I've come to realize that I don't care if other people enjoy it. Well, that's not how hobbies are to me. I'm doing it because I like it. Sure. There are other people that are going to enjoy my hobby or get joy out of seeing my artwork, but I'm not doing it for them. And I well, think that, that's a big takeaway for me was getting that mental energy back to myself rather than putting it out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Reddit, all these things, all these places that mentally have a hold of you that says, post it here. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I felt, you know, when I was in Maui this last week. You yeah, know, I, I saw I a got, couple. I saw a couple of your posts, but yeah, but like I got I, I, I bought this new product to take with me to, to record video for myself and i it's a it's a dji uh pocket 2 camera and so, so dji is uh, obviously well known for their drones but they're really known for their gimbal and so this is a gimbaled camera and it fits in the palm of your hand i mean it's super small but it does 4k video 60 frames a second does hdr video uh at 1080p it does a lot of things, and it can do time lapses, motion lapses, all these other crazy stuff. And it, it can follow subjects. Um, but most importantly is when you're recording it, it, it gives you that smooth Hollywood feel, you know, because it's a gimbaled camera. So I would just turn it on, and I would just be walking up and down the street just recording the street, recording what I'm seeing in Maui. But then I started getting to the point where I'm like, oh, this would be a really cool social media post if I made a time lapse of this. Or this would be a cool social media post if I did a picture of this or took a video of this. And exactly what Sean was saying, it's like I found myself immediately going, wait, why am I doing this? Why, why am I making a post for somebody else to see on social media? I paid for this trip to come here to Maui. I should be the one to enjoy it, not everybody else. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I mean, I, I uploaded a cool you know, photos and, and yes, I, I, I love the pocket too. Now that I've actually had a chance to use it, but I found myself just then recording videos for myself and I haven't gone through and edited anything cause I don't need to, I mean, they're here, they're on this thing. So I don't need to be going crazy. Like Sean said, and crash editing everything and uploading it to the, to the web as soon as I can, because heck, if, if, if you want to go to Maui and see Maui, go, go yourself. Like I'm, I'm there for me, you know, but I, I didn't have, me- you have memories though, that you can share yeah. with, you know, Eric when he grows up and yeah, and and it's important to record yeah. that stuff, but I don't necessarily need to share it to all of my internet friends, you know, 90% of them. I don't even know. 
You know, Although so- I, I do, I mean, I like the stuff because I've never been to Maui. So it was, yeah. it was a chance for me to say, oh, cool. Like you said, I go, go myself. But at yeah. least I was able to experience it. And I care about you. So it was like, oh, yeah, look no, at it. He's having a good time and, and that kind of thing. Well, that's, that's that. Yeah, no, I get that. And that's that's legit. But like, this is what Facebook and other companies, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, John or Sean, but this is what they're banking on. I quit using Facebook probably about a month and a half, two months ago. I, I just, I mean, it's there. I still kind of check it maybe once every few days, but I haven't kept up with any of it. I mean, I even uninstalled Messenger. Um, because I was just getting so much. I think during the lockdowns, um, everybody had too much time on their hands and they didn't know what to do with it. And me being, as I've jokingly said, I've lived my past 30 years as a, as, as a disabled veteran in the same kind of mental condition that everybody else was exposed to this last year. So for a change, I felt normal, like everybody else is pinned up like me. So guess what? I didn't feel like a, a rabbit locked in a cage as much because no one was going out. And so I sort of changed my mental perspective about how I saw things because I realized I'm not the only one out here that's kind of worried about life as a whole. Mm-hmm. But my worries don't need to be shared with everybody in the perceptive ways that we were all doing this, you know, from media to, you know, every little thing we were sharing that that even the well, fears and the anxieties and the 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 things that we feel are helping us can actually exacerbate the problem's bigger because then you got somebody else that doesn't want to tell you they're worried and then they're worried. Mm-hmm. So for me, this, this past year and these past few weeks have allowed me to kind of step back and look at this picture as a whole. And I think the push that all of us are doing, and I think we're sort of tying into it as well is this re- reclamation of our own um, identities and social lives and how we present ourselves out there on social media. Cause I really don't think that a lot of us like to be out here as much as we are. Yeah, uh, well, I, I mean, I they, they re, they, there was that movie on uh, the, uh, I think it was Netflix, I want to say, um, you know, not too long ago called The Social Experiment, right? Social and, Dilemma. Or Social Dilemma, dilemma yeah. excuse me. Social, uh, yeah, Social Dilemma. Um, where, yeah, you just kind of talked about how we've just become so addicted to social media. You know, and, and uh, you know, it all started really, honestly, you know, people would, people would just simply post the, the best things that are going on in their life which is kind of what you want to share. I mean, I'm not going to go on social media and be like, oh, I just got in a huge argument with my wife, you know, blah, blah, blah. Some people not, do, though. Yeah. yeah, I know they do. But for the most part, no, you don't do that kind of stuff. So, like, you post the best stuff that's happening in your life. But then that kind of changed us. They changed humans to the point where people are like, oh, I got to be better than this next person. I've got to upload something even better and better and better. And that's where this whole influencer thing came from. And people just constantly trying to one up each other or, or if they can't one up somebody, they're just going to try to tear them down. It's kind of like keep, keeping up with the Joneses. It's like that whole thing. Yeah. You know? but that's, that's how social media has like fractured. And I don't want to say destroyed yet, but fractured the fabric of society. Yeah. I'm wondering, Sean, uh, now you took a, a big step back for somebody that is going to do that. There might be somebody listening right now and, you know, we want you to visit our Facebook page and Twitter and all that. But if you do, yeah, I'm going to feel really weird yeah. saying that when we go to break here. But when you do take a step back, though, what are some of the things that somebody needs to to pay attention to? Because we see these accounts that happen on on Facebook that are still out there that suddenly have you know friends that get hacked and are used, you know, to to hack others. I mean, what are some of the things somebody should do? Does that mean they have to delete everything they have on Facebook? Can they just close out an account? Can they take a break? <laughs> I mean, what what happens in this case? No. 
I mean, I deactivated my Facebook, right? So it still exists. And the one thing that really frustrates me is anytime I get logged out of my phone or messenger on my computer, anytime I have to log back in, it reactivates my Facebook. Oh, wow. Now you could change. Now you could do that by changing your password and not doing that on your phone. So you change your password online. So then, when your phone right, reacts, it won't it won't reactivate it because you're not logging in. Right, but I still have to log into Messenger. Uh, got it. So yeah. anytime I've logged yeah. into Messenger, yeah, if I get logged out or I download it on my new computer <laughs> or whatever, or I put it on my on my MacBook or whatever, it reactivates my Facebook doesn't tell you it reactivates your Facebook, but it does. Mm-hmm. Because I'll well, get... I mean, if you're not checking Facebook, does it really matter to you then? Right. But if it reactivates my Facebook, I am now available to be searched. People can see me in their news feeds. People can see me as friends they might know uh... and things like that. If I have it deactivated, you can't right now, if you go onto Facebook and you search for me, you cannot find me. Right, right. You could you can find me in Messenger, but you can't find me on Facebook unless it's activated again for some reason because I've been I changed Found my password you. and stuff. You did not. <laughs> did you find him? Really? Yep. <laughs> well, no, so, so much for that I... theory, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. I found your brother. I found your brother. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. My my brothers, all my family members. He's got like four have... profiles. What the heck? Yeah, the other three are, are just fake accounts that Sean Apparently, created, so we can yeah. still get on well, there. We all kind of look alike, so who knows? <laughs> but I mean, you know, just like anything, it's just, you, if you're concerned about it, go in and delete it. We're poo-pooing social media, but social media does have some really ben- real benefits as well. Like, um, for example, I, I have made friends in foreign countries, uh, made friends in the town where I was where where I was born. I've made friends that are from my mom's country of Burma that are dealing with this coup that's gone over there. Mm -hmm. And so I say for that, a a positive experience that, but you know, uh, again, there's the plus and then there's the minuses sometimes, you know, the, the Facebook got out of control. I'll I'll be honest with you. It just, it got completely out of control where you were getting friend requests from people. You don't know fake people say you're like, you get a friend request. You're like, I already, I'm already friends with that person. And you find out it's a fake account. Yep. And, you know, it's it's been weird a weird journey for me because in 2005 when Facebook started, it was only available to select colleges around the country. Right. Mm-hmm. Ferris State was one of those colleges where it came to first. So, I was the first of my friends, I was the first of my family, I was the first of anybody that I knew outside of other people at Ferris that had a Facebook. And that really triggered something in me where it was I like new technology. I like knowing about new technology. I like playing around with new technology. I like being invested in it. So from 2005 until 2019, when I got rid of my Facebook, that's, that's a long time. That's 16 yeah. years. That was, yep. that was what, what I liked about Reddit. Uh, Reddit. I like the fact that, Hey, if your interest, like if your interest is technology and you're on Facebook, sometimes it's hard to kind of nail that down. But if yeah. you like technology on Twitter, you can nail it down. Uh, if you like it on Reddit, it's even better. You can get in some really good threads that cover those topics. Um, 
And for that, I do but say Reddit I like has, it. But Reddit definitely has a dark side. Oh, yeah. And I, I just stay away from that. Yeah. You know? Uh, I don't. <laughs> That's my entertainment, man. All right. Speaking of entertainment, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we'll come back with more of Tech Talk Radio coming up. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeird. I'm Broadway. And I'm Justin. Find us on the interwebs. TechTalkRadio.com. Now, back to Tech Talk Radio. Welcome back to Tech Talk Radio. I'm Justin Lemming. I'm Broadway. I'm Sean DeWeird. And I'm Andy Taylor. You know, we were been talking a lot about social media in that first segment. Um, but there is a, a situation that popped up in the last couple of weeks. And the thing is, is, is you got to feel great about it, but then you don't. Because then you worry about how is it going to be used. And let's face it, we put ourselves out there. Sometimes we don't put ourselves out there. We keep it on our devices. And now um, Apple has been talking about using technology to help find child predators or situations Mm -hmm. where kids have been put in a situation they shouldn't be put in. And for that, you have to applaud it. But for the other reason, you have to be a little concerned. Uh, Sean, you kind of brought this up. We were talking earlier during the pre-show about this. And what does it mean for users of iOS devices? Well, to preface this, like I feel like I'm the biggest advocate for Apple in this group. And I'm not going to hide that. I know that there are some of you who did mm-hmm. don't like Apple or never have. Mm-hmm. Um, and Apple has, in my opinion, been big on privacy. And they kind of shook up the industry when they ha- had apps in the, in the App Store, gave the user the ability to stop those apps from tracking you across other apps, which was a great success in my opinion. And it pissed off a handful of their vendors, Facebook and other people who lost probably millions of dollars in ad revenue potentially. Because they lost access to all that data. Correct. So the debate currently now stems from an announcement Apple made this past week that says pretty much in theory, the idea is pretty simple. Apple wants to fight child sex abuse. That's where, where they're going with this and who doesn't, right? right. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a worldwide issue. And it's taking more steps to, fi- to, to get it, to figure it out and stop it. Critics are, and I agree with this, are saying it's co- giving control over their iPhones and leaving them reliant on Apple's promises that it won't abuse the power to scan images you've uploaded to iCloud. So they're not necessarily looking at devices, uh, your uh, photos and images that may be on your devices but instead stuff that was uploaded to the iCloud which is a part of your your Apple account. Right, there are more than just the iCloud features though, right? So the the biggest one is the iCloud photos. The new feature scans iCloud photo images to find child sexual abuse material or CSAM which is part of the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. That's just they're part of their database online. They also have on it a parental control option within iMessages, obscuring sexually explicit pictures for users under 18 and sending parents an alert if a child 12 or under views or sends sexually explicit material. Okay. Hmm. And then on top of that, Apple's search app and Siri, if a user searches for topics related to child sex abuse, Apple will direct them to resources for reporting it or getting help with uh, and that's rolling out with iOS 15. You know, I, I think you look at any move that a company makes, um, anytime they take a step, you have to wonder what, uh, really what precedent it's going to be setting for the industry. And 
you know, we see this is something that uh, Apple is is deciding to to take head on. Would we see the same thing for Android devices and mm-hmm. some of the services from the other smartphone makers? I, I don't know. You know, it's just one of those things that this is kind of opening, setting a precedent for what other companies are going to decide is good for their user base or I what think, their user base will find acceptable. I think one of the, one of the concerns, too, is is got to be if somebody um, is hacked. You know, and we've always yeah, told people, true. don't don't be sharing your your Internet connection. Um, and some people have done that before where they say their neighbor comes over and says, yeah, can I tie onto your, your net? Because our, our, I can't afford the cable. So I'm going to go ahead and, you know, if you don't mind, I'll use your Wi-Fi. Well, we've always warned against that because of the problems. If that person was to access, you know, uh, sites they're not supposed to access, yep. uh, that'll show up on your account believe it or not, as being access to those those websites and could put you in a lot of trouble. Now, you have to think about, well, what if what if somebody is hacked and this information uh, gets on and it looks like it comes from your account? I mean, somebody could basically be set up. And I'm not saying it's not a great idea for them to be able to try and stem this. It could be used against somebody in, in a wrong fashion. And I, I, I kind of wonder if privacy experts are kind of looking at that as as part of the problem. Right now, I mean, you you use Google Photos, Apple iCloud, you know, whatever it is. I'm pretty I'm pretty confident in saying that they're already scanning your photos for things. It's just maybe they're just now saying that. Oh yeah, now we're looking for this. Mm-hmm. But they've always been scanning our photos. They've that that's. I mean, you, especially Google Photos. You know, you get those. I get those things that you know they're like, hey. Uh, we just wanted to remind you that Eric is now four years old, and here's a look back at when he was a baby. Sure, you know it's yeah. like you know you sit there and want to cry. You know you're like wow, and and they always call it, they always call it how fast they grow up, and it's like oh, great. But they're scanning your photos to look for common things, and then they're they're going to present those to you, or or they're going to sell them to advertisers. Yeah, I just had a thought. What if so I think we we're all we, doing we it. had to we had to test this out, Justin? What if we went out and we all took photos of cars? Go to car lots, take photos of cars. Oh, we start getting ads for cars. Just, I wonder, would we start seeing ads for cars in some of our it. social media feeds? Well, unless you turn, unless you literally put your phone, even if you put your phone in airplane mode, right? It's still going to track GPS data. It's going to correlate your location. It's going to find that, hey, you took this near a car lot, so let's start serving you car lot ads. It, it's all that information is aggregated, put through an algorithm. And somebody says, well, you took a car lot, you know, you were by a used car lot. So let's give you used car ads. And the information that the used car lot has may have, it's a Hyundai dealer. So now mm-hmm. you're going to get Hyundai ads. Like, yeah, it's yeah. Just- well, I, 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 I've, I've told this story many times before about how I used to walk around and, you know, say the words Ferrari, Lamborghini, Bugatti, you know, to my smart speakers, just talking about those cars. And then all of a sudden my Facebook feed is, is full of advertisements for luxury vehicles that I cannot afford yeah you know so yeah of course they do that you know we're, we're talking about all the downsides and the darkness of social media uh and and you know the the privacy concerns here's some i would love to get your input on this and this happened a couple of weeks ago uh you may have heard about this film uh that has been done a documentary about the late anthony bourdain mm-hmm. and they did something that uh is we're starting to see more and more of now we were concerned Number one, when we started to see deep fakes, mm-hmm. deep fakes is a visual representation of something that never occurred, but AI 
is creating it. And it, I got to say, and I don't know if you, you heard the, the news about Chinook, but, uh, or is it Chinook or Chinook? He got hired by Lucas. He's the one who did the oh, Mark Hamill yeah. uh, deep fake, and it was better than what they had in the movie or in the Mandalorian. It's pretty series. sad when you get paid to do this, and some guy that does it for free, you like, does a better job. He did a better job. He really did. And now Lucas Lucas has, has hired him. Well, now this film with Anthony Bourdain, they used AI to create him reading a letter. He's not really reading the letter. It's audio. Of you think of all the countless hours of audio of him, and then they pieced it together, creating that that flow of him reading uh, an email in this this of Mark film. Hamill. No, no, I'm talking about Anthony Bourdain. Oh, in oh, this, oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, in this documentary of Anthony Bourdain, creating AI of something he never said. That's he creepy. wrote the letter. It's creepy, but it's in his voice. Well, uh, if you guys saw this um, uh, this documentary about Val Kilmer, it's on uh, it's on Amazon Prime. It is top notch, right? Really, Val oh, yeah. Kilmer? Val Kilmer. It's really well done. Val Kilmer, who um, I think up until twenty, I want to say fifteen, sixteen, suddenly would dealt with uh, throat cancer. Oh, yeah, that's right. And um, so this takes a look back as when he was first, you know, diagnosed with it, treated. He had a, a tube put in uh, for, uh, in his um, uh, voice box. So, and, you know, it changed, it changed. But it's a really well-done documentary. Well, there's a company out there, and he got together with the company. Although they didn't use this in the movie uh, that is available on Amazon Prime now because this is stuff that has happened in the last, you know, year or two. Um, they took his audio over the years of when he was fine and, you know, doing movies and, He's shot a lot of video over the years. And Sonantec, S-O-N-A-N-T, I want to say it's I-C, they created him reading uh, using AI. And it's, so it's his voice, not the words he said, but using past audio snippets to create him with the right inflections, all of that, and creating this, this AI to do your voice. And I think... We're starting to see more and more of that. Deep fakes has been one concern, but now they're going to be able to do AI to control voice and change things, which, you know, makes you wonder when you call a, a phone answering machine, you hmm. you might sound like you're getting a real person. You're not. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just wondering if they maybe use some of the, the actual, like, lines from him in Top Gun. Yeah, no, yeah. I, no, from what I understand, no, it's just, it's select words all put together. So you could basically type out something that I wanted to say, and it will and find it that and it read would, it by Val Kilmer, and it would be read by Val Kilmer. That's creepy. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's something we're going to see a lot more of uh, as this technology begins well, okay, to progress. Okay, okay, so let's let's touch upon that even more. You think about uh, loved ones passing away with AI technology now. Would you would you want to? Be able to hear the voice of, I don't know, let's say your 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 dead parents Ooh. or whatever, to be able to have AI go back and try to find recordings. Now, for no. older folks, it may be harder because there's not a lot of audio recordings of things, but the younger generations, you know, even like my son, you know, I'm all on the internet. I'm doing the radio show with you guys. There's a lot of audio of me on the internet. So it could be done for me. But would you want to? 
If you could, mm. would you want to hear the voice of your parents? I have a cassette tape with about 45 seconds of my father, mm-hmm. who died in 1984. To me, that means the most. Yeah. To have an AI recreate that, no, it wouldn't, it wouldn't mean anything. You'd, yeah. be stuck in the, you'd be stuck in what in the film they call it the Uncanny Valley. The right? Uncanny Valley? Where, uncanny Valley. It's where it's that uneasy feeling that something is just not quite right with something you see or hear. So I can only imagine that your mind knows you're listening to your parent, but deep down you know it's not them or you know that it's been done in AI, right? It's just that uneasy feeling you get when you see something that's done in AI or you hear something that's done in AI that gives you this called the uncanny valley. Okay, but here, Sean, answer my question because Andy did. Would you want to? No, I don't think so. John? No. Yeah. My, my, My issue... I mean, we've sort of been through this, right? All of us are old enough to remember Millie Vanilli. All of us are. Wait, hold I mean, hold I'm not. Stop I'm not. the train. We're sitting here talking about AI and dead parents, and you got to bring up Millie Vanilli of all people. What? It's a great okay, time. Okay, hold on. I'm just, the segment. I, come on. Hold on. Can you guys wait a minute? I want to make some popcorn for this because. <laughs> all right, go, go on. I want to hear more about no, Millie I mean, Vanilli. I'm just saying, Tupac. Yeah. They did it with Tupac even. Well, yeah, Coachella. they did. They took, yeah. That was classy, they, they've though. Done, bro, but they've done this to us in media with music and the, the other forms of art. AI is digital art. Okay, but again, it is how learned. does this have Millie Vanilli in it? I see what his point is. Point is like the, the whole Tupac thing and how they just can create, right? I mean, that's... It, they, it's... We as humans learn more of us learn from visual and in audible stimulus than we do from just textual reading, right? We sure. know this. So, if the the presentation can be done in a form factor that we appreciate or is easier for our brains to handle, that's the concept behind AI. Hence, we were longing for Tupac. They Wait put a hologram a second. on it. Before that, we were looking for a good-looking dudes, not too fat older dudes singing great songs, but Millie Vanilli popped up. Ta-da! It was an easier package to handle. So you're telling me if I wanted That's to learn, if I wanted to learn like advanced routing techniques with with like BGP and AWS and Azure, if Tupac was my instructor, I would actually I, learn. Maybe. Better? Yes, I do because you would be able to receive that information because in, I know in a, who it is. You feel comfortable. Wow! All you right, already so, got the vibe set. Sorry, sorry. So step back a notch. What if they said, "Kids, we got a brand new show for you." It's Mr. Rogers reading. Yeah. They yeah. can create AI deep fake of Mr. Rogers reading to your kids. Would you forever for, for the, okay. Forever. That'd be fine for them. For me, I wouldn't watch it because I've seen Mr. Rogers in real, well, not like real, real life, but I know that's not the real Mr. Rogers. So for me, that would be weird, but your kids wouldn't know the difference. Exactly. It's uh, see that man, man, we're dark on this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> All right. We got to take another quick break. We come back. There was something that happened uh, that a lot of people are concerned with when it comes to crypto. So we're going to take a break. We come back. We'll talk about that coming up. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean Weird. I'm Broadway. And I'm Justin. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash tech talkers. We'll be right back. And now back to tech talk radio. Welcome back to Tech Talk Radio. I'm Sean DeWeer. 
I'm Broadway. I'm Justin. And I'm Andy Taylor. So some uh, before the break, we were talking about uh, crypto. And there was some stuff that happened this week. And while we have to say every time we talk about crypto, we're not telling you to invest in it. We're not advisors by any means. The opinions of Tech Talk Radio are not <laughs> opinions of this radio station. You did such a great disclaimer. <laughs> but uh, we do want to tell you what, what's going on and what happened. Um, Broadway, you kind of told us about it. We started looking at it and we were like, our mouths, our jaws were on the floor. We dropped yeah. like, wait, when did this happen? I didn't think this was possible. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, so this morning uh, in the wee hours, uh, a person um, basically stole over $600 million worth of crypto assets. Now, how are they able, how are they able to make this happen? You say the blockchain, that's where this, this digital currency crypto is all kept. So a, a real quick breakdown, Bitcoin is its own blockchain. Ethereum is its own blockchain. So we have a ton, there's thousands of blockchains out there. You got your tier ones, tier twos, so on. This is a tier three, considered tier three blockchain, but there is a lot of NFTs. There were some exchanges, uh, some swaps. NFTs are art, you know, non-fungible tokens. We talked about them, I think, last show. Um, these types of things were on that network. So this person wrote a contract to put into this blockchain that infused a command that wasn't protected that allowed them to gain access to all the other block, uh, all the other materials or assets on the blockchain as a whole. And so mm -hmm. that person stole every one of them and has been touting as touting themselves as Robin Hood all day. You, you know, I'm, I'm actually reading about this right now. Uh, this particular blockchain is called the Poly Network, and it is used by NEO, uh, among other uh, blockchains. NEO is a coin that I actually had invested in uh, a while back. Um, and I'm kind of sitting on a bag of it right now. So I'm wondering if I'm affected by this, even though all of mine are stored on my ledger, which if you do invest in crypto, it's highly suggested you do not leave your money on an exchange. Get yourself a, uh, get yourself a ledger or, or something similar, a, 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 a treasure, a ledger. They basically look like USB sticks, but they're, you know, they're crypt, cryptographically, is that how you say it? Cryptographically protected, right? You're better than me. But that's where you that's where you store your private <laughs> keys to your coins. Now, but even if you had a ledger in this case, Justin, would this, and somebody goes in, they get into the blockchain, they're able to take this, what, $600 million out of there, at least well, in, in, the in wallets, crypto. Yeah, because the wallets still live on the blockchain, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, as far as I know, the, the, your money still sits out there because all you're storing on your ledger is your private key. And if somebody can get that private key, then they've got access to everything you own. Now, I don't know. I, I haven't read the whole thing yet about this. I don't know if this is this person was able to get private keys, which I highly nope. doubt, or if he it wasn't basically, keys. It wasn't keys. Okay, so he got no, access it, he to injected exchanges. it using a contract. So yes. he got access to exchange. So if you, again, it goes back to my saying. Don't leave your money on exchanges. Mm -hmm. So if you don't leave your money on exchanges, like me, okay, I'm good. So by having that ledger, your uh, your investment is safe. Yes. So you don't have to worry. They've gone in and taken it. But I haven't you actually have checked right now, but yeah, I would assume so because they don't have access to my private key. 
Now, how does somebody get one of these ledgers? For anybody that has said, okay, maybe I'll go ahead. And maybe, you never know, five years ago, you you decided to go ahead and take a jump and get yourself a Bitcoin. Ledger.com. Ledger.com, all right. Ledger, uh, L-E-D-G-E-R.com. And, and it's, again, it's, it's, it's a great way. I mean, it's, it's, it's a little USB key. Uh, it, it stores all of your Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, uh, Litecoin, you know, and they, they keep adding support for other coins. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I should probably check my balances on my ledger to make sure that everything <laughs> looks right. I mean, I have an app yep. that, that does. I have an app on my phone that I do uh, give my public key uh, to, and it checks my balances every day, and it tells me what my portfolio is doing. So I, and every day, you know, it tells me, you know, you've lost this much money or you've gained this much money or whatever. But I, I still I still haven't actually physically checked to see if my money is still there. It, it, it most likely is. Right. Um, for, you know, we've we've heard these stories this week, past week, too, about AMC. AMC Theaters uh, apparently is going to let you use Bitcoin to buy a movie ticket. Um, I don't know why somebody would about do that. Price. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I don't know why somebody would do that, but they're just saying they want to make it, they want to integrate it more into our everyday life, paying bills, buying groceries, getting gasoline, buying a movie ticket, name C saying, hey, we're going to make it happen. How would somebody actually go about using their Bitcoin to buy a movie ticket? Is uh, it, I mean, there's, well, there's so many ways. Yeah. You got, you know, crypto wallets. Uh, crypto cards out there. You got crypto.com. There's a, there's a crypto. Base. Yeah, crypto.com uh, is a Visa card or a MasterCard, something yeah. like that. But it uses yeah. your crypto balance. Right. And I, I know that we have a couple of locations here that have the uh, the crypto um, ATMs. Yep. So you can buy crypto. You can sell your crypto. You can do that all at these ATMs that are located uh, in various places throughout uh, Southern Arizona where I'm at. So I guess it would be the same type of technology. You would go in with this card. Oh, you okay? This is going to cost you point three crypto for you to buy a to yeah. buy a movie ticket. Yeah, Which, uh, I don't know. yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, yeah, there's there's apps on the phone that you can use to to purchase things with crypto. Um, yeah, most likely the easiest way of doing it would be the card. You know, I I know there's probably other ones out there, but like Crypto.com is the first one that comes to mind. You know, they have that Visa slash Mastercard or whatever uh, that you can use to do that. But yeah, I mean, if you the thing is, is you know, this is a couple of years ago before Bitcoin, you know, launched their new, uh, their new blockchain, the new version of their blockchain. That's a lot faster. You, you could go into a coffee shop and you could buy a coffee with Bitcoin, but your coffee would be cold by the time you would be able to be allowed to drink it because it would take <laughs> the transaction anywhere from twenty to forty-five minutes or more to go through because Bitcoin is not instantaneous. It takes time, and that's where the whole terminology behind bitcoin miner right, right. You're, you're not literally digging through piles of data to get bitcoin what you're doing is as a miner you're processing those transactions and you're adding your input to the blockchain to say yeah this is legit make this one a part of the blockchain um that's what a miner does and they're rewarded with bitcoin by doing these transactions so every transaction they take uh, take on, uh, they get rewarded. And certain transactions, you can actually pay more. You can you can actually pay a higher fee to get your transaction processed first rather than just paying the standard fee and sitting there waiting for an hour for it to get done. Now, there has been plenty of times where I have made 
transactions with Bitcoin. And I'm not talking about buying stuff. I mean, I think I bought things with Bitcoin maybe like twice. Right. But just transferring it from my ledger to Coinbase or Coinbase to my ledger, you type in your key and you hit that transfer button. And then I just sit there and munch on my fingernails for 45 minutes because my money is just completely in limbo. Somewhere. It's yeah. in limbo. Yeah. You don't know where it's at. You just, I mean, I just transferred $5,000, let's say, to from, from Coinbase to my ledger. Where's that money? I don't see it on Coinbase. I don't see it on my ledger. Where is it? It's in the blockchain. It's waiting to be processed. And then, boom, all of a sudden, there it is. Bam, it shows up on your ledger. Hey, you just got some more money. That's but it's scary. It's, it's, it's scary, man. It's scary. Unless you know what you're doing with crypto. And I don't mean to scare anybody away. But like, if you're gonna be using crypto to purchase things, yeah, you gotta get used to this. But if you're just gonna go out there and say, you know what, I'm looking for a long-term secondary retirement income, dude, crypto's the way to go. Well, we're not, we, we like I said, we're not advising, but uh, that's your your opinion. You think my opinion, it, yeah. my opinion is my opinion only. But I'm just saying, I, you know, you buy it, you hold on to it, and then maybe eventually someday it's gonna be worth a lot of money. But yeah. then you don't have to be scared of all these transactions. You just, you just buy it. You just buy it and hold on right. to it. Boom, John, that's it. You know, you you're like one of the few out of the group that has not gotten into crypto at all. So I I can't say that I haven't gotten into it. I haven't been into it recently. Back in when I was in college, two thousand nine. Well, well, after I just graduated from college, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Back in my day, <laughs> I was like, this is, seems kind of cool, and I just I I I don't remember how much I had because it was so long ago, but I had one or two bitcoins that i had paid four dollars for or whatever it was yeah. when it came out right wow. and it lived on a hard drive and that hard drive got lost or destroyed or whatever and i think about it every now and then and i go hmm that sucks <laughs> it's good that's yeah, worth but so i just have not gotten back into it just i don't i don't understand it I need to do more research because I'm the type of person that doesn't get, I'm not comfortable with just going into something and saying, Ooh, cool. Bitcoin. Let's sign up for a website and pay $20 a month to get Bitcoin. But it's that easy now. Right. Well, Wait, you, you don't have to pay to get Bitcoin. Well, if you get, no, if, well, you if you do Coinbase Pro. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. okay. I thought you meant like signing up for a website that's going to give you Bitcoin. No, 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 no. That's no, called no, a scam, no. Sean. Yeah. <laughs> I know that, but I'm just saying like, Signing up for Coinbase and buying Bitcoin through Coinbase or, you know, those types of things. So. Well, I told you guys about my, you know, recently. I mean, I've always, well, not always, but, you know, 20, late 2016, early 2017 is when I really got into crypto. But I was told about it. And I believe, Sean, I believe you were the one that initially told me about it back in, like, I'm what, sure, 2012? I'm sure I had done a news story on it when it was like, well, what's, what's Bitcoin? We were playing games. We were it. we were playing games one night, and you mentioned Bitcoin, and I was like, oh, what is this? And then you're talking about Coinbase, and I went, and I signed up for a Coinbase account, and I bought some Bitcoin, and I forgot about it. I forgot about it until early earlier this year. And I'm like, wait a second. I've got this secondary account. I logged in, and... I had, I think I had a, oh gosh, initially invested, I think it was like $300 or something right. like that. And it was it worth, was worth um, quite a at bit. At that time, at early February, when Bitcoin was at its all-time high, it was worth $25,000. It's not a bad investment. And so I immediately transferred it into my main family account on my ledger. 
And then I proceeded to go buy myself some cool toys. Right. Because, hey, that was my money to begin with. I just hit the lottery. Nice. I'm still waiting for you to send me that Xbox uh, Series X that you were going to send me over if you haven't done that. Yeah, yet. that's not yeah. going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to take another quick break. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeird. I'm Broadway. And I'm Justin. Send us a tweet at Tech Talk Radio. We'll be right back. And now, back to Tech Talk Radio. Welcome back to Tech Talk Radio. I'm Broadway. I'm Sean DeWeird. I'm Justin. And I'm Andy Taylor. Okay, so I have to ask you guys, uh, do any of you have a Roku device? No. You don't have, have a Roku? A, I, yes. I have a Roku TV. You have a Roku TV. Okay, that's the, the same. Some people are beginning to find out, you know, Roku is competing with Amazon, with the Fire Stick, the Fire Cube. They're competing with all the other, you know, uh, plugins to your phone. They're also competing with some of the free services that are out there, like Plex.tv, which has really grown a lot since we, mm-hmm. you know, we had the the CEO of the company on Tech Talk Radio. Well, well, now Roku devices are doing something cool. They bought Quibi, and they're taking Quibi content like uh, Dummy. Uh, Wait, that's Quibi one was sh- that fifteen minute show thing or whatever. Ten minute, yeah, ten minute that was started by Jeffrey um, Katzenberg and uh, Meg uh, Meg Whitman. Whitman, yeah, yeah, and. The idea was 10-minute shows you could watch on your smartphone. It didn't work. Um, I actually paid for a subscription. It was 5 bucks a month. And it was cool because I liked the show Dummy. I liked Get uh, Die Hart with Kevin Hart Well, uh, and John Travolta. Well, they ended up buying the Quibi library because, well, Quibi went away. They just added yesterday another 23 shows to their library. Now Roku is talking about adding free content that is going to be part. If you have a Roku device... You're going to be able to watch shows created just for Roku because they're competing with some of the other, you know, like That's I what said, everybody's doing. It's kind of cool that if a lot of people got Roku because they didn't want to get the Amazon Fire Stick. Sure. You know, they didn't want to get an Apple TV. So instead they got Roku because it's inexpensive. You can find it just about anywhere. And now they're finding a ton of free content. Check out Crackle. Check out Tubi. Check out uh, what's the other one? Well, Plex.tv. And there's a, tons of free content out there. So if you're looking for something and you want to get a Roku device. Nice. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like they had to do that. Amazon got their own Amazon originals. You got Netflix with originals. You know, you got HBO Max, you know, now with all their originals. Uh, you know, the people that are shaking in their boots are the traditional cable satellite companies. Because pretty much every major network on cable satellite has their own streaming service. Paramount Plus, Discovery Plus, Disney Plus. You know, whatever it is. Just add a plus to the end of everything. Just add a plus to everything. Apple yeah, plus. basically. Yeah. yeah. History plus. Whatever. Why not? Uh, Lifetime plus. Sure. I know Andy will do that one. Um, but, uh, you know, it, that's kind of the way things are going. Because it has been long time coming that people have said to cable companies and satellite providers, we want a la carte. We want to choose what we want. We don't want to have to pay an extra 30 bucks to get that one channel and the other 60 channels that we're never going to watch. Do you think, as I'm one of those, I've, I've got full cable, I've got full internet. Do you think in another five years we're going to see cable still today, or will everything switch five to years? internet yeah. delivered? Five years, yeah. Ten years, maybe not. Mm-mm. Yeah, No, ten years, everything's streaming. Everything will be streaming. And again, pick and choose. Uh, yeah. That is it for this week's show. Lots of great stuff covered. Very dark, very brooding. <laughs> episode yeah. so hopefully we'll talk I'm about telling the, the truth man the cheery side of the internet and technology for us next week i'm andy taylor i'm sean DeWeird. i'm broadway and i'm justin find us on the web at techtalkradio.com have yourselves a great week